Um, but anyways, uh, this is Blank Sutra. I'm sitting in front of Cameron Dorsey. Yes, and sir. I am Carlos Reyes. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend. One of my best buds in the world. Real quick, Cameron, who are you? I am... <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, I am a man uh, born and raised in St. Petersburg, Florida. I am a fan and creator of music and other media such as this mm. i really like to share the joy of creation with people all around the world right now i'm just doing it in my community but with this and other things we're looking to branch out and uh kind of create a family so yes sir all in the name of love all in the name of music that's just what i'm about um and Carlos, who are you, man? Carlos Reyes. Yeah, so my name is Carlos, Carlos Reyes. Um, I've been in the music and the community scene for several years now. I am, first off, an enjoyer of music and also a great participant in either creating, um, you know, my own stuff or, and even more so, uh, successfully been helping and, you know, in, involved with just the, the recording aspect and the mixing and editing of uh, all this crazy stuff. It's like yeah, factory, yeah. one man show in Hell a way. Yeah. But that's why I'm here with Cameron. Um, we've both been getting back and forth, I would say heavily since the start of the pandemic, but we've known each other throughout college. In oh yeah. The bullshit era. The bullshit era. The, the bullshit learning era. Yeah. All that sorts of stuff. Not bullshit on the institution's behalf, but it's bullshit on my behalf. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Like, um, I'm trying not to also look at my notes too much or go that much into like interview style, but this is just a quick introduction for all those listening to figure out who I'm giving my money to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, man, if you want to start off, just uh, what's what's been going on with your week so far? Anything of interest? Um, yeah, I guess so. Working the day job, I've been doing that. But more importantly, I've been writing a lot of lyrics and a lot of instrumentals that lyrics will go on. Um, starting to get back into um, seeing music production as a as a ever-evolving art form that I don't know all the nuts and bolts of. I've come pretty far since I started. It's a constant lesson. It's a constant lesson. So just looking for resources online. Um, I found a couple good YouTubers that I've been um, watching, listening to, and enjoying uh, who use primarily FL Studio and um, Pro Tools and stuff because I want to get my Pro Tools chops up as well. And, um, I mean, the, I will say though, the bulk, it seems of what I've been doing this week is learning how to use DaVinci Resolve, <laughs> which is a free software, not a sponsor yet. And that's how this, um, little music video thing that we're doing is being edited through. Oh yeah. And our cell phones. Yeah. Our cell phones and DaVinci Resolve. That's, that's where all the video songs are going to be coming from. Um, but. Learning how to do that, a little bit of that, doing, 
I host a few open mics in the local area and I've been uh, promoting them on social media. So like low level learning of social media marketing and um, how that, you know, can really help people out. Beautiful. Oh yeah. And fun fact, this week I met like a dude who was at one point like the number five welterweight in the world and boxer. I think you were telling me before uh, a boxer. Yeah, yeah. He came into my day job, and he was just picking up some food, and I was like, "Holy shit! Wait a minute, Keith Thurman, that's his name, and he's from here, or he's from like Tampa Bay, St. Pete area, and he was just in there, and I got to talk to him for like, I want to say like ten, fifteen minutes." Just about boxing, about like what he's been doing. He's given me a lot of insider information. If we have any uh, boxing fans in the Blank Sutra podcast, I would not mind recounting the tale because it was like pretty sick to talk to that guy as a as mm. just like a person to person. Because I've only ever seen him fighting in front of like tens of thousands of people, and like he was the welterweight champion at one point and vacated the belt, like didn't lose it. In UFC or uh, boxing? Boxing. Boxing. He but fought. Like, Fought Manny Pacquiao too. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm t- like he's big deal. And he was at a craft cafe. He was at craft cafe. There you go. The 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 place that gives me uh, a lot of joy and a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of good people to meet. I mean, he's just one of many good people that I met working there. Um, and like, damn dude, that was that was just crazy though. And after he left, everybody was like, mm, "Who was that? Was that like your cousin or something?" And I'm like, "No, that's like." <laughs> Like he used to be like, or I mean, he's gonna be the man again pretty soon because he was away from boxing then came back to boxing, and he's looking for a fight now, and he's very very skilled. So that was pretty sick. Um, so music marketing, music production creation, meeting former championship boxers. That's my week. Carlos, what about your week? How's that been, brother? Um, my week, I would sum it up to like maybe the past few weeks because it's just been like back and forth into like this zone where it's like this is like something I'm, I'm so comfortable in doing it with. So if my introduction wasn't enough, uh, what I do primarily as like my own hustle is I do uh, on-site recording uh, primarily for bands and for live shows. I've recently been a huge part of the Sunroom Sessions that is uh, ran by uh, Walter Graham and Sade over in St. Pete. They've been bringing in their talents and their folks with Natalie on drums and Ruben on bass. Does she Uh, prefer to go by day? Day or Sade or Sunday. Okay. I would just say day, yeah. (laughs) One of those three. Very talented lady. Exactly, yeah. Very very talented. uh, A really good powerhouse of a team over there. Um, What we were just doing yesterday, we were just doing a show over at the Far Forest, which is a nice little vintage shop, retro vintage shop in uh, Seminole Heights on Florida Avenue. Uh, I'd say go there on a day that you are free because it's just really uh, living room, ish style Mm -hmm. uh it's it's right next to blind tiger so if you're a a bean water addict you might as well go there too um but it's really really nice space and i really enjoy the acoustics but overall it was like a really tight turnout how we had just a bunch of uh, people showing up crowding up the space yeah it looked like it and so what we were doing was well the sunroom started off as like open mics 
mm-hmm. that Day was uh, hosting herself. And then eventually she brought Natalie over to do it. And now it's becoming more into just like a production house in sort of sense, or that's kind of like where we're going into. Uh, but for this event specifically, we had a house band playing amazing talented musicians from like uh, St. Pete and Tampa came over. We were using their space. I think the owner, um, her husband or boyfriend plays guitar. I think he also plays with uh, Astro as well. If you're familiar with uh, Nick Ewing, phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, violinist. And yeah, no, overall it was crazy. So what I had to do there is just pretty much set up my mixer, set up a PA speaker, get some microphones ready and just record a damn thing. And then the really enjoyable part afterwards is doing the mixing and the editing. Just kind of like, you know, really envelop for people to watch this stuff. Mm Kind of like a video on demand. Yeah, dude. So that's what my week, that's what yesterday was involved. But again, the past few weeks, the past month has just been doing some of these shows. And just like really getting getting the wheel rolling into like stuff that I actually enjoy doing mm-hmm. kind of like just being like in, in a perfect Zen where it's like, okay, I already know like exactly like the logistics mm-hmm. of what is involved to make sure things are catered to artists well. And also a uh, timing factor of just making sure, you know, doors get open, making sure there's no hazards along the pathways I'm a very operations type of person mentally with how I've worked because I've seen some of like the way it can be done in the past with past employment. And I've also seen it not work out with certain like employers. Mm. I won't have to say names, but mm. in, in the you AV industry, you, you see it. Yeah. <laughs> I per- you work at Craft Cafe. I actually just work as a audiovisual technician. Like that's my normal day job. I've worked from uh, hotels, from like the Marriott, all the way to like uh, Tampa Convention Center a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Pete, I've done uh, one of the festivals that we do out there. It's kind of like a beer and wine food fest, all that sorts of stuff. So just the logistics of setting that stuff up and like knowing what needs to be like appropriate for like people to enjoy is just like a part of just like, okay, now that I see how it's done, now that I've taken mental notes of what to do and ask questions, I can now like comfortably be able to provide that myself. Cause it's just like, Hey, I've, I've done it firsthand. Yeah. So, you know, no novice, Fantastic. no novice shit here. Yeah. dude. Point. Nothing but professional, nothing but the best when you're dealing with my boy, Carlos. But I will say like the daytime stuff at like, I'm, I'm also like an AVIT person. IT is like my background, what I have. Uh, I don't have a degree in like computers. I'm just comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. So I've taken that skill set and just took the money and run and got to where I am in the career, daytime career stuff with that skill set and be able to get far enough that it's like, well, first off, like the customer service level is like, a big huge step into making sure people have like trust in you yeah and it just fucking works and yeah i guess i'm i'm a very personable person and Dude. it works out i i can see that <laughs> for sure yeah that's what my week's been aside from christmas and like new year's that's, yeah that's been kind of like chill honestly 
Yeah, it was really nice, actually. Reconnecting with friends and family. Reconnecting is big. Played at a church uh, with like, there was like 200 something people in there. And it was, uh, it was pretty intense. Like, to the point where, like, usually when I play at the church, there's like a, um, I don't know. There, there's a familiarity there. I can see some empty seats, mm. you know, but people like to show out for like Easter and Christmas. They'll be like, I, I, I don't know how the common uh, Christian would kind of seek out a church, but it yeah. seems like there's people in the area that are like, oh, what's a church around here? Oh, City on a Hill Church. Let's go there for Christmas. And this year there was like, 200 plus people that's gotta be crazy in this sanctuary i've heard a lot of stories about just that time period of christmas oh yeah and christmas service oh yeah for worship teams and just getting the technical stuff down too yeah it's like a it's like a job fair uh it's like a spiritual job fair of sorts where like you know you got your candidates potential candidates coming in to experience like you know good music and a good message and like I'm partly responsible for the music aspect of it, mm. and I was playing bass that that week, um, and we played Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and like Christmas Eve was two services, but Christmas Day was one service. But they packed everybody in there, and like for the first time in a while, I felt like a little anxiety or like stage fright, mm. where I was like, "Ooh, boy!" Like. I'm pretty good at this point. I've I've played like enough places to be like, and eh, well, yeah, okay. It's people are gonna think what they're gonna think, but there's something like there was a spectacle about it that I kind of wasn't anticipating, and the Holy so spirit, yes, sir. And when that got going, I was like, oh boy, like there's a lot of people in here, and they're all kind of looking at me. So I better like do well and i did ultimately like yeah it all went off without a hitch starts were good stops were good everything's all good but yeah dude that christmas and new year is a good time and it's a it's a transformative time it's very transformative and kind of like jumping around the musician slash you know what you can learn as skills and take it with you the whole thing about playing in a church and like going up the leaderboard, like for me, I started off at a non-denominational church myself. I was like, oh, look, a piano. I can play. Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, we'll throw you in. Just play these chords. Great. Yeah. And then going into the aspect of, okay, there's going to be new faces here that probably are not f so familiar with what's Jesus? Mm -hmm. Sins? Is, this, is that what this is? And so you kind of do get involved in like yeah like a job fair like every person at the church is like an involvement of like kind of like helping to bring people along to make them stay feel feel comfortable yeah that's a, a big, big thing that's yeah a, that's a big thing um yeah and at the at this point i've been playing there for a while so i know everybody there pretty well um so there is like a uh they stress that you know it's not about you when you're playing and mm. it's it's about like on like a very surface level it's about the band but on the biggest level it's about worshiping 
and providing worship to God for the people to like kind of ride, you know? And, uh, it's like the, probably one of the, probably the most rewarding gig I've acquired in my time because, you know, people go there to, you know, give up their sorrows and give up their trials and tribulations. And if the music in any way can provide that for people, it's like, I don't know. That's, that's, uh, it's enriching to me. And you can take all that stuff with you into the real life with how you do your open mics. Absolutely. Um, you're doing the open mics currently at muddy water. Yeah. Muddy water and low tide Kava Kratom, both Kava Kratom places. Uh, very cool and, uh, familial places. I'm an addict. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I kicked the Kratom a while ago. Good for you. Knock on wood. But I, uh, it's because for a long time before that, I didn't like playing live because it just felt really masturbatory. Hmm. And, um, a little too like, look at me, look at me, look what I can do kind of shit. And I've never been that type of person really. Um, but this, doing this is like just creating a space, play a couple songs up front, you know, and make a nice introduction, make, try and make people feel warm and comfortable. It It's helped me work on my like communication and mm. like almost speech presentation skills in front of people to be like, hello everybody. Welcome to uh money water, cover crown, I'm open mic. I'm Cameron, uh, this is my best friend Levi, and we are playing some music for you tonight, but more importantly, we're gonna open the floor up to anybody who feels like expressing themselves in any way, shape, or form, be that poetry, comedy, music, spoken word, interpretive dance, we don't really give a fuck, just do whatever you wanna do, and it's a safe space, nobody's gonna boo you, everybody's gonna gonna clap. No tomatoes thrown. Yeah, exactly, And, and in doing that, I've had a few friends who have never performed before come and I've like, you know, sort of, uh, uh, you know, like the, the guys who, who talk people down from hostage situations or like from <laughs> jumping off of buildings The like, negotiator, the negotiator. I've tried, I've played that role and been like, Hey, you know, you're here, you have your instrument. Why don't you just get up there? And like, I, I, again, I would give the same spiel. Like nobody's going to boo you. If they do, they get thrown out because like, this is not that type of place. This is like, this is a lot of people's first times on stage that I don't even know about. Um, but to provide that space for people to go up and express themselves potentially for the first time is just super sweet and nice. And it feels very rewarding, more rewarding than just like playing at some bar and playing like a bunch of covers and shit. Right. Um, starting to play my and Levi's originals too out there too. And like working through those, seeing how like the audience reacts to them if they do, or if they don't, you know, either way, it's like trial runs of that stuff is really sick. So I do have like a revitalized desire to, to play live and especially like my own music. So I'm working on like setting up a full band show of my music. Um, with a few musicians that I know. And I'm I'm really looking forward to that. 
uh, we're looking at a, a few places. I don't want to say like any major details before it's all mm-hmm. like hammered out, but, um, it's, it's inspiring and I'm, I'm feeling the itch again to start playing and playing in front of people because like it, it depends on how I'm looking at it and that, yeah, might be a good segue for any anything you want to talk about in terms of especially like spirituality because like it I'm I'm coming to realize that like you know things just exist and uh, situations happen and whether it's good or bad that's up to you sort of thing like. Whether something is a success or a failure is largely up to how you perceive it. The thing happens, mm-hmm. and then there's nothing you can do about it's it. It's a moment. It's a moment. And, you know, if you if you put a bunch of tags on, that, on moments like that, like, say, for me, it was performing live. It's like, if you put a bunch of, like, emotional tags on it, like, anxiety, um, you know self like self uh putting yourself on a pedestal all those sort of like tropes if i put if i were to put that on it continuously it's just gonna always look bad stage fright on coke yeah i mean stage fright not really because i i've always been sort of like well at least i'm doing this shit if anybody out there is feeling some type of way about it then they could come up here and do it and it always feels like so calming and relieving after you're done after you do it yeah there's like a there's like a runner's high (sighs) aspect to it for sure but like i was i was not thinking about those things and i was more so thinking about like oh my god it's so much preparation um oh my god i feel like a dancing monkey for these people Mm. um Whereas in reality, I'm trying to shift my mind now into thinking like, no, you're just, you're, you're trying to create just some really good stuff out of vibrations and notes. And you're trying to like create a nice fluffy cushion for somebody's evening to float on, you know, um, depending on what level you're doing it at. Like if Mm -hmm. you're like a world renowned, like pop musician people are coming there to see you but like if you're doing like a a sunroom sessions thing like if you're in the house band there you're you're more so worried well not worried you're more so um involved in just playing your part in the band and doing your part to 100 percent. hopefully everybody else does their part to 100 percent. whether you're like a bass player guitar player drum player piano player and you're just trying to create a nice soft cushion for the evening's vibe to rest on yeah people can have conversations people can you know like have disagreements all around you but it doesn't really matter because you are providing the vibe and getting back to feeling that way is like nice and it's again yeah it's opening me up to more possibilities. Yeah, it keeps things uh, very inviting. Yeah. That, that was a big thing with yesterday because we would have, uh, I would have like two microphones ready for anybody who wants to hop on. So there was an uh, actual host who was the MC, and then we had a couple of singers come up, a couple of people that just, you know, want to like rap over just like whatever beats going on. And it's just like trading it through. Yeah, that's awesome. And 
providing providing the sound on my end, but also it's like okay, everyone can like hear, everyone can like almost like feel like oh shit, like it's not a stage. It's more so like these guys are doing their thing in the middle, and mm-hmm. it's like it's just glowing. Yeah, and it's just like glowing onto everyone in the room, even if you're far away from like the center of what's going on. It's like you can still like hear it. It's it's all parts of the the giant puzzle piece to make things like it's like a it's like a vibe potluck. Like you're just it's like a potluck where you bring your own dish, but the dish is just your vibe. Yeah, the oven's hot. The oven's hot, baby. The <laughs> table's ready. The forks and knives are out. One thing that you were talking about with like how you see it, uh, and like performing your own stuff or just like getting getting your own stuff out there instead of like feeling like a dancing monkey. Um, I would I will definitely agree. When I was like in college, it was a different mentality, and now over the years, it's sort of like it makes more sense to not have to make it so much just about like how you look sort of say like like away from the superficial uh if that's the right type of word Uh, yeah i mean it could definitely become superficial and like super self-serious and like really like i am the shit and i need to be perceived in this specific way or the world is wrong and like i just i could never get down with that i would love to to come back into like maybe a a band leader role but just in the aspect of like just having a fucking good time yeah and you either paid to come share this good time with us or you're here for free or whatever. Like you're in the area and you, and you picked up on the vibe we're laying down, Mm -hmm. but we're solely concerned with just laying down a vibe and and nothing more, nothing less. So like it relax and enjoy, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I I don't care if I'm up there in fucking sweatpants, dude, I'm still just like the most important thing is to just have fun and enjoy yourself the aesthetics don't really fucking matter um and to the people that it that like that would matter to they're probably not gonna like dig my stuff anyway so like it's all right let's like i i'm i i like to weed through that and find the people that i can like officially vibe with on like a just like soul to soul level yeah uh, i think we've all witnessed that with being openers or just like being at part of like a headlining Mm -hmm. where it's you will see some people that just don't really care they kind of just want to like come in and do your thing and and leave we're sort of like yeah sort of like with with some aspects of that and then eventually you end up you know molding pretty well with like especially like people that just want to talk to you after after your set oh yeah and aside from just compliments it's also just like curiosity yeah like if you're into gear that's like one like oh wow like uh, really awesome that you use this like specific guitar pedal mm-hmm. and it's like oh what do you use this for on your own stuff stuff like that yeah and just like oh we're that music style is very similar to like this artist and it's just like engaging conversation that's away from the stage at that point it's just like okay as a person it's like damn yeah i mean because when they see you um 
performing and whatnot, I feel like they're looking through either like your words or how you compose yourself or hold yourself when you're performing. They're looking for something to uh, latch onto or something to relate to. And, you know, somebody could watch you and not relate to you at all and, and not be interested. And somebody else could see you and be like, I got to talk to that dude or yeah. I got to talk to that lady when they get off and I can like be face to face with them. Like, I got to tell them like, damn, that was really good. Or like, you guys sound like, like that, was, that was always like my favorite semi-sarcastically when somebody's like, oh my God, you sound like a mix between Radiohead and James Brown or some bullshit. And it's like, oh, that's, that's cool. <laughs> like, okay. I, I, like, I, I never would know what to say to that. But now I'm seeing it as like, that's just somebody being nice. And that's just somebody like trying to connect and connection is a very vital part of like human existence. So if your performance or your music in and of itself gives somebody something to connect to and like feel something, then mm -hmm. that's like, it's incredible. Like it's, that's, that's what, it's what it should be all about. Essentially is what I think now. Not, not how I n formally felt like so obsessed and egoic about it with like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get up there and like have to just dance in front of all these people and like, yeah, it's that and the other, but like, it's not about at that point, it's not about me. It's, it's a, I'd rather be like a conduit for art and music and all that stuff than to pretend like I'm the one solely generating it because it's not me solely generating it i feel like i'm picking it up from like artists that i really like or other people that i see who inspire me fucking movies and tv shows and visual art inspires mm -hmm. different things to come to you and they're just kind of like hanging out in the air and you can pick them up if you're quiet internally and receptive enough to them um so yeah I'm going through a shift in terms of my desire to want to present myself and my music to the people around me in a positive way. Um, so. it's, it's like soul searching. Yeah. Really? No. Yeah. It's, it's a mirror. Cause like, f again, like in college, I was so like in a narrow view where it's like, I just want to be a mastering engineer. I just want to just, yeah be more centered around that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, who would have thought that joining a band with you guys back in the day and also just playing with other people that were just in spur of the moment, really wanting to like, Hey man, we got the band room free for an hour. No one's going to kick us out. Yeah. Let's get in. This there. actually is more encouraging because we had Pat Hernley. Oh yeah. That was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, keep going, keep going. Anybody, anybody who was stopping by and just looking in the glass, that was encouraging. And, and I guess maybe there's like a, what drove me away from that is like a fear, Um. A f uh, it's going to sound so egotistical, but like a fear of like having that control over attention, even for a short amount of time if by me doing just what I like to do and having written with 
just me or my or various of my friends like music that is prepared and relatively tightly done that like if that can stop somebody from walking on their way somewhere to looking in Mm -hmm. like that feels good but i guess like i would be afraid of that good feeling because it feels like almost sinful Mm. you know like it feels almost like um again for lack of a better term like masturbatory to be like, oh yeah, you fucking looking at me. I know yeah. you are. I know, you are. <laughs> I know it looks good. I know it sounds good. Like <laughs> that's it. And just, I guess it's all. But the, I feel like the end of that and the coming over the hill on that is realizing that it's like about the intention that I have. Like my intention is not to dominate the world and create a bunch of Manchurian candidates that can assassinate people if i say the word pineapple pineapple you know i'm not trying to switch anybody on or off i'm just trying to fucking have a good time and jam out and if somebody's in the vicinity and they like how it sounds come stop by come hang out love to to talk to you love to hang out with you exactly so that's just how i'm seeing it now or how i'm trying to see it now conversations like this definitely help me along that path, you know, like or help me along. Jumping into a little of the pseudo spiritual realm, because after like several years, um, there was like a good period of time where I was like really into you know smoking pot, and I had my own smoking pot. What are you, my <laughs> fucking granddad? <laughs> <laughs> and I've had my 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 binge moments of just like okay enjoyment oh, yeah. and other things in life that yeah. doesn't have to strictly just rely on like music or like you know in front of other people. Mm-hmm. Into then understanding, kind of just like letting go of like certain things that like allow you to sort of like suffer one of those was kind of just like wanting to be that center focus almost like my image is like up here Mm -hmm. and i should be like that like do you know who i am type energy always like yeah that do (laughs) do you know who i am yeah you know do you know who you're talking to right now that that sort of like perceived uh grandiosity there was a time period where i kind of just like and i kind of maybe still feel this way a little bit but it's just like not really thinking that it was so huge the world or the people that are around me Mm -hmm. um but by the time i started going to like more live shows and or just like big open public spaces i've noticed like there's a lot of people here and there's a lot of different niche groups around yeah and that also now circling to now helps with like well if you want to release something it's gonna like hitch onto somebody eventually absolutely you know so so then it's like well if that is the true case then why even be like fearful of like it not getting anywhere you know yeah yeah i mean i'm sure it, it takes a relatively enlightened person to come to the that realization of like whether it's it's blackbird studio level polished or not i'm gonna put it out because the common lay person 
doesn't really care if I used a Neumann microphone mm. <laughs> on the fucking guitar amp. They don't, they can't tell between a 57. It's an MP3 file. Exactly. <laughs> they can't tell if it sucks uh, audio quality wise or not. So like, get that out of your head. Um, so many people are much more uh, worried about the message you're, you're putting across and the intention you're putting across as opposed to like... Um, anything you could uh as opposed to just like I don't, I don't know as as opposed to any sort of sonic aesthetic thing they're worried about like who is this guy is is he a good person is she a good person mm-hmm. um what are they talking about can i identify with that and that's really important like that and, and that's kind of solely the most important thing because how many like artists first releases are sonically aesthetically not the most groundbreaking shit you've ever heard yeah. but just because of the core message and the, their like melody choice whether it came naturally or somebody else came up with it or if it was a joint effort like if somebody creates an anthemic melody that can be repeated and sung over and over and over again that's all you really need to do. Um, and if you mix that with like a message that is pretty transparent and one size fits all, you know, talking about love, talking about love, talking about, talking about sadness, talking about, you know, happiness is harder. Apparently it is, (laughs) uh, but like, you know, for some reason, unfortunately, but like if you can, if you can talk some idea in a way in plain language that people can get down with. It doesn't matter how your shit sounds. And that's like very comforting. Yeah. I, I'm going to give quick props to Dylan, Dylan Peck, my, one of my best friends, the man, um, in the early years of me recording, just my recording journey. Um, I was recording a lot of stuff that Dylan was making and mm-hmm. writing himself. Mm-hmm. Eventually we formed stop and shop. Um, it's now he's now doing it as a solo project, but in that perfect example there about the message and also just putting it out there, it tend to actually his his releases his the later releases with Stop and Shop happen to really hit on like people's like mind very well from like out of state into yeah. a point where people just want to make a. a one of his uh, Bandcamp releases, and this is just him. This is not even with me recording, but one of his Bandcamp releases, this guy, the folk punk archivist is on Instagram, decided to make like a special deluxe uh, CD or tape, tape cassette release, just out of the whim. Like, like didn't charge him or anything? No, and made copies. And what I think, the hell? That's I think it was awesome. like through donation. Eventually, Dylan got like some some out of it. Yeah, and he he was also very mindful that it's like it's not really about hugely about the money, mm-hmm. but it's like again, it's like so uh, like wow, this a person really enjoys my stuff that they wanted to make cassettes and then just getting messages on Facebook or Instagram, just like, dude, I really enjoyed that last song. What is it? You know, how did you write it? Uh, what was in the story about it? Yeah. And with the recent stuff I've done, um, you know, with the mixes was really in involving natural sounds like, um, keys, 
um, little hand percussion in the room that I have to to make someone's music almost kind of like ethereal, but more so sound like a authentically acoustic like and organic. spacious. Yeah, big 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 on the spacious. Yeah, type of stuff. I like using effects a lot. For sure, and it just helps with just like making something that's almost like singer songwriter orientated into like okay like there's oh yeah it, it, this is not just you in a room yeah. anymore yeah some some of like the the best but like the most pivotal aspects of of like some of the stuff i've been recording that i've been like writing to of my own is like you know guitar bass drums that are like largely programmed but then like the other day i just set up the 58 and like was doing like snap clap pop. all that all that stuff in front of it and it like that plus the room i was in plus effects on that makes it sound like alive it, it takes yeah. it takes it outside of the box like to use a audio production term like if something sounds really cold and dead they say it's like in the box like if it mm-hmm. uh, especially like mixing and stuff like yeah, we're we're starting off in the box so using in the box. FL Studio, we're oh, yeah. just using like parametric EQs, but in the box, in the box, stock plugins, uh, stock sounds in the box. But if you then like mix that with the room you're in, I also probably think there's some like spiritual aspect to that too. If yeah. you're if you are in a room. And you conceive of an idea like that, whether it's on guitar or bass or drums or piano, whatever it is, and you lay the foundation for it and you get a get pretty good instrumental going. If you were to then record like sounds that are that you're making in the room that are like percussion or a a totally analog instrument that can't be uh processed like, with a pickup. Yeah. Like a violin directly. or something, you know, like directly. Um I'm sure that kind of gets infused into the music a little bit too. Um, like I can think of a lot of great albums that are definitely like one of them you were telling me before is Animal Collective. Oh dude. And don't even get me started dude, on that shit, brother. Real quick on that, because <laughs> there was a, a music video or a song where you're talking about like they had a microphone in front of like the cabin and they had another one like like a couple yards away yeah it, and it's still capturing the same performance yeah it, it was like the, like the full it's a full album's worth of music essentially and they yeah. were sitting i may get this wrong and if somebody can fact check me please do but like they were sitting on the porch of a cabin and they had like an old detuned piano guitar and maybe two guitars and it was just them singing into like maybe one mic that was set up or two mics that were set up right in front of the cabin. Cause if you listen to it, it sounds very faint, like very faint. The vocals do instrumentation comes through pretty well, but like the voices sound faint. The album's called campfire songs. And so they had that mic set up right in front of the porch of the cabin. And they had one set up a little farther into the woods away from the cabin. And then again if i'm wrong please correct me they had one set up even farther back into the woods and i think in post whoever was the mixing engineer sort of oscillated between those 
three or four feeds throughout the album because th- there's hardly ever a beginning and end to the songs. It's almost like one large piece of music that rolls throughout the whole thing. Mm. But you're hearing the evening around them. You're hearing the night. You're hearing animals. The crickets, the cicadas. All that stuff. And it's like a really beautiful uh, piece of music that, you know, they they probably wrote relatively quickly because those dudes can churn out a lot of material. Also really helpful if you're tripping on shrooms. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that definitely does help. Um, but, like, I, I'm, like, a fan of theirs to where I I got into them and, be, and I was like, what the hell is this? Like, this is so weird. Like, this is weird-ass music. And then listen to them whilst under the influence of various psychedelics and was like i get it now and then i've come full circle to where i've come back to where i don't even like trip that much at all anymore mm-hmm. but just listening to it like i don't i don't smoke or drink or any sort of i, I stay away from the mind altering substances as best as i can and i still enjoy it for what it is because mm-hmm. You want to talk about the spirit being infused into music, dude? Like, only those guys know what those songs are supposed to sound like until they're recorded. Yeah. And there's something so special about that to me. Like, the to digress this a little bit, my favorite album by them is Sung Tongs. Carlos knows this. Mm-hmm. A few very close people to me know this. But it's because it's just two dudes that know how these songs are supposed to sound they're not playing to a metronome. They're not playing to any loops or anything. They they just came. They know how the full, at least to me, they know how the full tapestry is supposed to look in their mind. And they go into this room. Again, not the most acoustically nice room to record in. Apparently it was like a concrete room that they recorded this whole album in. And they knew what those songs were supposed to sound like and not even the mixing engineer with those song, knew what those songs were supposed mm. to sound like they both had them mapped out in their head like some sort of geode crystal that's like so many sharp angles and yeah. like fibonacci sequence fractalized art shit and, and like super 4k hd in their brains before they even touched the microphones or before they touched the guitars and then I feel like the mixing stage, recording, mixing, and mastering stage was just to try and get back to that original vision that they had heard in their head Mm -hmm. that hadn't even touched the air that nobody else could have experienced until they got to that point. Who was the, I don't know if they stick to a specific engineer or they bounce around or all themselves in house. For that, for that one album, they went to, uh, they were in like Denver, Colorado. Okay. And they hired a guy named Rusty. Rusty Spoons. Rusty something. Um, Rusty. Trying to find. Rush, Dusty Rhodes. D- Dusty Rhodes, the uh, former WWE champion back in like 1970. Um, That's got to be such a compelling task to do is to. You know, kind of like the WWE championship. It really too, much is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, idea. shove that into Vince's face. Yeah, dude. Oh, Vince. But like taking an idea 
from, you know, Animal Collective, for example, and just like kind of like bringing it back to what they were seeing and hearing in their heads. With a lot of, uh, you know, artists, it's, it's, it sort of is working in that same way where you're kind of like, especially if you're just like there to mix and maybe you've done the recording or so, maybe you didn't. Mm-hmm. And now you're taking it to the next level of like, you know, some polishing. There is the the top 40 polishing where I would say it's like, okay, we really want to like get rid of like any weird like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the vocal yeah, mic yeah, and bleed. Yeah. But then there's just like stuff that you just kind of want to keep and kind of want to leave it be together. That's where it's like really fascinating when you don't need to take it super, super serious the level of what you're trying to capture Mm -hmm. of course the technology that we have these microphones that we're speaking in front of they're specifically made for specific directions polar patterns Mm. but the way that you can creatively use that and maybe all of them in the same room for example and still make it feel like the listener is in that room again Mm -hmm. is what's really awesome about very awesome those other steps involved yeah um I guess there's like, it's sort of on a spectrum, uh, in terms of like how much of it is pre-planned, hardcore written out and, and like very meticulously sifted through. Like I'd imagine, um, a Beach Boys album back in the day, they weren't trying to like, they, they, they had that shit written on paper. Like there was no, um, this is how it sounds in my head. And then I want to kind of get back to that paradisal vision of how it's supposed to sound. my dad's money for this. Exactly. Daddy was like, get your ass in there and finish these damn songs, boys. Uh, yeah, that dude was crazy. But no, no, no. Like there's a difference between like highly refined, realized, printed out on paper type shit versus like Animal Collective. It's like there's there's similar magic between the two. Like there's a magic in the improvisational nature and like loose we ain't playing to a metronome nature mm-hmm. of Animal Collective versus the Beach Boys who are like we only want the best musicians and they're playing these exact notes. The same magic can be made. It's just like two different roads where the same um mission statement can come across. Yeah. And I, I I feel like maybe a good balance that gets struck, uh, talking about another classic album of mine that Carlos knows all too well, being my friend all these years, uh, is like Voodoo by D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. I think that that's probably a good go-between of those two different um, disciplines. I think it was Chicken Grease? Yeah. That shit's loose. It's like, yeah, dude. That 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 will make your fucking neck dip, even if you are from Utah or even if you're from Arkansas and you're white as hell. Take an evening and just you know put on voodoo for anyone here listening. That Play the it. whole thing. Play the whole thing. Play the whole thing. It's like a little. It's like a little under an hour. Do yourself a favor. It'll change your damn life. You'll be lost in grooves. But you could tell that, like, some of it was meticulously thought out. Like, Spanish Joint, that song is pretty, like, there are unison hits in that shit. 
the horn lines in various songs on the album. Like a good, um, <laughs> okay, we're yeah, back. yeah, we're back. Uh, a good, a good, like fucking Pro Tools, crazy. A good, like reverse intro and outro, um, or just elements of reverse guitar. Like, there's a song by um, Kurt Vile called "Bass Ackwards." <laughs> yeah, that dude's a goofy guy. If if I if I were to take any sort of like uh, vibe notes from anybody it'd be that dude because that dude does not take himself super seriously and i love that um but there's like this intro that's it's gotta be like a minute and a half like of just intro and it's just two chords most of the song is just two chords but like over those two chords as like the different elements of the bands coming in like bass and drums and stuff there's like this like like reverse Hmm. guitar line that's being played over it and it it makes that intro like like you were saying it gives it a a building and a tension and sort of like a a momentum yeah that grows absolutely. until the vocals come in and then like you're there you know yeah so and yeah it's something you probably don't even think about you know going into that the project at first and it's like i bet shit. i bet he did i bet like there was no like okay I want to have reverse guitars in the intro playing these exact notes. I'm going to play this specific passage that's going to be reversed. And then, like, no, that shit did not happen. (laughs) Like, it definitely didn't happen. So I like the spontaneity that can happen um, when you get to the pre-post-production phase. Like, once you get the song all the way down. Um, And then you just add in the little tasty treats for everybody to get down yeah. on like all the little trinkets and stuff you little, know little hoo-hahs the little hoo-hahs little the little uh the little pieces of candy that, that <laughs> everybody every audio nerd wants to hear like I, I feel like jai paul is pretty undefeated uh in that respect too yeah I, I don't even i can't even begin to imagine how that dude starts an idea and then it turns into what the shit he releases because like it's so like what like this is so not conventional like this is so unconventional it's it almost hurts to think about too much uh one one album i was re-listening to over christmas was uh by burial the, <laughs> and talk about revolutionary shit, lis- dude. Uh, listening to uh this the album what's but, that album called again um untrue 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 it is yeah um yeah that's another good recommendation for everybody that Uh, shit took the world over dude the dude created it in soundforge so it's like an an equivalent to audacity basically is is how it was made (laughs) like like no track list or anything like nothing maybe at at least like you can set up different tracks but all mostly in soundforge which is again it's like audacity is what you're messing with yeah very uh, and if nobody knows what we're talking about about audacity when you when you open the program of audacity it's just a media player like like it's just a waveform player there is no mixer at least i mean there probably is i just haven't found it i haven't messed around with it enough you can short like really cheap effects probably really cheap stock effects but like essentially you just open and and it's for recording audio 
and not really for carrying a whole song from start to finish. Yeah. At least in my estimation, I know there are probably countless of people who have done it, and the fact that Burial did it with Soundforge, which is essentially an analog to Audacity, like you were saying, is just mind-blowing and yeah. maybe a little discouraging because it's like holy shit <laughs> we could we could go all day i mean I, I, another one i will spit out real quickly is a square pusher uh, mm. when i was really big into electronic music and i still am i was watching those early bbc documentaries where um it discusses yes it discusses rave culture yeah the one where he's in his apartment the apartment one is my favorite it's crazy because it's all supposed to be centered around drum and bass uh, again if you don't know about that genre please listen to it. it's our favorite as yeah, well we gotta we gotta link some like some of these references into the show notes probably oh, yeah. at the end the links like, down yeah, below or whatever the links down below you, you sign up to patreon bro but, we'll give you these links for free baby uh, I think his his name is Tom. I think I have Tom. Yeah, something, it's Tom. Yeah, square push. Anyway, he's using tape machine. He's using like a Mackie mixer, and it's just like the way it goes through. This is before I was even hopping on FL Studio. I was just like, what? Huh? Yeah, bro. The level of in- intricacy in his shit from like two thousand. Like the my favorite album of, of his, or the one that I've listened to the most, is "Go Plastic." Go Plastic. Um, with like my red hot car. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the probably his most famous song for like, in terms of total streams, probably his most famous song. Uh, the album, that entire album, is like, there's so much information packed into each of those songs and so not even just so much information there's so much like setting of an idea and then altering it slightly and then altering it even more slightly yeah. alter it even more slightly adding in sounds that happen once in the song in like a four minute song with like eight different sections in it where you're like what the, how do you even do this like mm-hmm. I, I i legitimately because i i saw the same uh, like documentary you were talking about of him in his apartment and he's just like pushing faders on like a Mackie mixer and like it's playing breaks and then he's got like a synth going old school samplers old, in the background. old school samplers like tape machines and shit and it's like okay I see the component parts but I still don't know how yeah. how in the world you came up with the final product it unless did, you have exactly. like unless you have like eight arms maybe or two brains maybe because like that's a lot that's a lot of shit it's just a lot of shit and that's still like i mean apex twin is another one another one that absolutely it it kind of like goes into this uh revolving theme in my head where it's like at a certain in, in very like i guess legendary statuses of like composers and musicians producers they're they're making stuff in a way that it's kind of like you see the you see the hexagons and stuff in your mind. You see the sacred geometry floating around. Yes. You kind of know or sort of have a perceived thought of where it you, you want it to like you know scurry into. Mm-hmm. And now into this you know twenty twenty or you know into the later years of understanding how we use you know digital audio workstations, how we use synthesizers, how we use drum machines. We're almost now trying to break it down. Like, 
I saw a, a tutorial of like how to create, you know, Boards of Canada style of uh, beat. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I'm sure like these guys, Boards of Canada, again, is a great recommendation. They're, they don't really do a lot of interviews from what I've seen. Same thing with Aphex Twin. He doesn't oh, not at barely all. any interviews. Not at all. So it's like you kind of have to like think backwards, reverse engineer. Reverse engineer it as best you can. How it's done. And I want to say the same thing for like, I guess also Beethoven or like Chopin. I mean, the thing with, with, with a Beethoven or a Chopin or a Bach or, or whoever you're talking about in that realm, they have, they have all the component parts and you can hear every component part and you can, and you could say like, okay, I need like some violas, some cellos, a double bass. Um, I need these wind instruments. I need a piano. And if you listen hard enough, you can transcribe what they're doing. Yeah. And you can transcribe an entire, uh, like Bach prelude. If you wanted to, if you listened hard enough with what, what fascinates me and what I think gets lost on a lot of people when they listen to a boards of Canada or a square pusher or an Aphex twin to me is that, like my my father uh, i got a lot of my music tastes from my father mm. and then when i started getting into like electronic music i would show it to him and then he'd be like well they're not even they're not playing in the instruments so this isn't like i don't know that music <laughs> i mean in that that's a reductionist way of saying it i'm sure he had a, he has a if i got him on here he would have a much more nuanced argument about it but Essentially, yeah, like they're not they're not playing music, so that's not music. And I'm, I want to be like, but dude, like some of the shit that like Square Pusher and Aphex Twin were making back in the '90s would be difficult to replicate today. Like the second track on uh, Drug Use by mm. Aphex Twin, the one with Avril Fourteenth on it. Uh, it's called like Vord Husband. A lot of Vord or something. Yeah, Vord Husband. There's a lot of titles on that album, and I don't even really like that album that much. I haven't been able to sit all the way through it because it's just a lot. But the second song on that album, I actually got the track. Like I bought the track and I loaded it into FL Studio and just tried to transcribe the drum part. But to be able to do that, I had to turn it to half speed and like listen to every bit of drum. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like he's got like five different drum kits and drum machines, like a mix of actual drum samples and drum machine samples. Because it's so all over the place. It's almost like it assaults your senses. Yeah. Like, and it's so fast, like... I had to, it's at like 200 BPM. I had to slow it down to 100 BPM. But even then it's like, dude, like this would take a long time to come up with naturally. And like, did he come up with the drum part first? Did he come up with all the synth parts first and then fill the drums in around it? Like, and that dude isn't even, isn't even trained in any music exactly, theory yeah. or, or instruments yeah. at all. And or maybe even not even read maybe the brochure, the manual of hell, some sorts for those, probably for not. those things. Probably not. You're kind of like using the gear in, a, in an unconventional way, mm-hmm. which I'm sure if you want to go back to like the 80s 
and 90s with the samplers. Uh, Akai samplers were really, you know, big. I think it's like the S90 or something. It's still sought after for the sound of the digital realm of how it was back then. But again, that stuff was probably at an earliest point tamed for certain applications. And for it to be used in like a very unconventional way into now it's like this type of like song that's like so popular and it bounces in the club it it's got to be it's some type of different type of gratification just like knowing that shit and that stuff probably had its limits definitely now that we're in a way that we could just load it on the computer it it's it's a little jarring just to imagine like how far we've come along with music technology and how we how we're almost like trying to go backwards in a way we're oh, yeah. trying to use tapes and all stuff yeah because because i mean i also think that a um apex twin richard d james's uh environment aided in his um what's it called in his creativity and the palette that he developed because i saw an interview where he was in like his hometown and was basically like, yeah, I love this place, but there ain't shit going on anywhere. Yeah. Like this place is is like basically Skid Row of the UK. Um, it's like a tourist town that only gets action for like two months out of the year, but then the rest of the time, people are struggling to find jobs. People are are struggling to make ends meet. Go to the pub. Exactly, and so he's like, I started making music just because I was like bored as hell. And didn't have anything to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, I started making really weird shit. I wasn't around anywhere where, like, there was music clubs where there were, like, bands playing. And he was, like, in the few places I went to where there were bands playing, I didn't even really like the music. Right. So, like, I decided to make my own shit. And he's, like, I, I, I made music initially to give mixtapes to my friends of, like, the stuff that I was creating. And they would just encourage me to keep doing it. And so that's why... Like, we got to the point where he rele released, like, Selected Ambient Works, the first one. And then when he released I Care Because You Do, um, I mean, there, there's, again, I'm going to be fact-checked into oblivion, uh, but there are many releases before and after those big ones. But, like, in that time, he was just making music because, like, he was bored and, mm -hmm. and, and wanted to mess with hardware and, like, take it apart and see if he could, like do crazy shit by linking a bunch of hardware together yeah. and like recording that and seeing what that would Creating do. Creating your own world. There's, there's, and there's such a crazy jump. Um, cause what he was doing on the first two albums is sick. But then when you get to like Richard D James album, you know, like the famous square pusher picture of him, which apparently he just made himself in Photoshop. Like a friend <laughs> gave him a copy of Photoshop and he took a picture or got a picture of himself and just messed with the grin in it. And that like, Dude's a fucking mad scientist. This yeah. dude's like Isaac Newton. But like um, that album, you can tell the crazy shift in information being pushed at you per second versus like uh, Selected Ambient Works. One, I care because you I care because you do. Um, because he switched over to computers, like yeah. processing uh, sounds through a computer and like mixing probably on a track list um or a playlist i should say and in real time 
making, not just dealing with loops and samples, but creating his own loops and samples. And even fucks with like the BPM at some points in his songs where it's like, oh, dude, how do you do that? It was like 1996. Like pitch shifting, pitch shifting, all that stuff. It's like, dude, that's, it's intense. Like the first song on that album, Four, is like crazy. For 1996, another song where I'm like, that'd be hard to do today and make it sound like not hacky. Like, Mm -hmm. and that dude, did it nothing ever sounded like that before like nobody really made music that sounded like that before he borrowed from drum and bass and garage but he was not primarily a drum and bass and garage player like if you featured him at a drum and bass garage show people would be like oh my god you're scaring the hose like <laughs> stop playing this shit uh, <laughs> like but it was just so innovative and true that like i can't even i can't even wrap my head around even today going back to what I was saying is like, like people like my dad who are like, that's not real music. It's not so much that we're blown away by their, um, by a person's proficiency on an instrument or their proficiency at, uh, arranging theory. Yeah. Arranging the 12 tones into a serviceable thing that sounds really beautiful. We're not worried about that. That's, that's a totally different realm from what square pusher and Aphex twin do. Um, because they're just worried about the sound design of -hmm. it all and how obscure they can get with given their influences and different drum breaks they've heard and different synth patches they've developed over time, how they can create this crazy, almost too much color collage of music. Yeah. You know, and like, sure. They're not, they, they may have played each part like once or maybe not even at all. Maybe, they, they didn't even touch a fucking instrument for the thing. But the fact that they arranged it in that specific way and it can still speak, it still speaks to me just as well as like a sweet John Coltrane solo. Like it speaks equally to me mm-hmm. as any other like musician playing an instrument does because there's st- that same level of mining your soul. It's the same level of soul mining, but just in a different discipline. Yeah. Music is the, the main discipline art form. It's actually, it's one of the most like, uh, I read this on like uh, Facebook somewhere. It's like the most human thing you can do for yourself, for your soul, for anybody. I believe that kind of like just, freeform creative drawing or mm-hmm. coloring stuff. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree with that. That very, that very easily goes into the, you know, a point on my notes was about like falling into what you sort of are or sort of know about. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely learned that over time with myself of just like, there's definitely like strengths that I am very like forward with. Where it's like I see more so like this being like the main thing that I, you know, pursue into like my career. Mm-hmm. But also just what what feels comfortable in in doing. And also just having fun out of it. Like yeah. this whole thing with Whole Foods that we just brought up into <laughs> into life. <laughs> yeah, dude. You guys will be listening to it first firsthand. Yeah. Is again just starts off as just fun. Oh yeah. And that's what makes it 
like, I don't know. It, it makes you just want to like stick around and like build after that. You know, I'm not having to make something or you're not having to place to, uh, not a grid, but in a mental way, like the bullet points, a rubric yeah. of like, it has to have this intro. It has to be like a, a B B a structure. Yeah. There's no, like, I, I think what you're saying is like, there's no perceived golden standard that you're, that you're trying to emulate or create from scratch. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, well, I practiced this Charlie Parker solo for the last three weeks, and I'm going to play it note for note perfectly over this instrumental now uh, for the camera. And I hope you guys enjoy. I'll see you in three months when I figure out the next solo that I'm going to transcribe. Like, no, like, like that. That there is a time and a place for for Do that. Do all the changes. Do all the yeah. Like, there's a time and a place for all that, but like, I much more prefer us laying down the music that's already inside of us with very little effort that shit like when we when we did the instrumental for it that was like a total of what like 30 or 45 minutes that's just about yeah like just us i was like how about this bass line play these chords over it cool let's add the drums let's add some percussion and then you gave me the microphone and you were like whole foods and i was like okay kombucha <laughs> kombucha like you said like kombucha whole foods i was like all right and in one take that was that was that was one take that was it, vocals yeah. and it, it was just riffing riffing and then the backup vocals the harmonies all that stuff just like came came out. after yeah. after it. Yeah. yeah easy seamless and like it's that, a waterfall that's the dream that's the dream to me to like do that a hundred percent and like full time that that's that is music paradise to me that's nirvana to me nirvana yeah not not <laughs> not you know writing my music in a self-serious way and then presenting it to a fucking wind section to play at the philharmonic or whatever like i i'm not going to turn that idea down but for right now the most fun i'm having is just being here with you and making some fun shit and then like getting a few giggles out of it yeah dude uh kudos to the listeners of this podcast and the listeners for the the, uh, the other stuff in the the channel that this will all be you know thrown into it will have a link directly to just the song if you just want to listen to that um it's so funny how i just said waterfalls because and this is again kind of like kind of like the whole knowing your lane type of uh, mentality but not in that like crazy s spell um after like christmas day christmas morning i was like i couldn't fall asleep for some fucking reason probably because of like all the shrooms i took <laughs> i was for some reason <laughs> no, i i was listening to uh tlc's uh waterfalls beautiful beautiful song um you know rest in peace left eye the, that that trio was just like awesome back in like the early 2000s late 90s undeniable the music video is very uh it's almost like kind of depressing I, have you ever watched the music video for that song well the song is kind of depressing if you really look at the lyrics but no i have not seen the music video please tell me about it so obviously you know the girls are on top of this ocean mm -hmm. but there's scenes and it, again i'm butchering the lyrics but when it talks about like on the verse, it goes over of a child 
going to see like some people down the corner and the mom is like, no, 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 don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't go. And eventually ends up in the kid getting shot and killed on the street. In the, in the music video? In the music video, yeah. Damn, wait a minute. I, I want to pull up some of these lyrics <laughs> just to, just so we have like some comparison. Um, and I think the it, it's like part of like the a, of the music video story, and then it just goes back to you know all three of them like singing, and the very memorable hook of you know don't don't chase waterfalls, go to like the, stick to the rivers and lakes that you're comfortable in used to used to someone (laughs) someone correct me (laughs) oh man dude the internet on my phone is fucking up right now um don't go chasing waterfalls please stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to i know you're gonna have it your way or nothing at all but i think you're moving too fast Cause uh, you're moving too fast. Cause you're moving too fast. Um, a lonely mother gazing out of the window, staring at a son that she just can't touch. If at any time he's in a jam, she'll be by his side. But he doesn't realize he hurts her so much. But all the praying just ain't helping at all. Cause he can't seem to keep himself out of trouble. So he goes out and he makes his money the best way he knows how. Another buddy laying cold in the gutter. Damn. Dude. Yeah. Little Precious has a natural a natural obsession for temptation, but he just can't see. She gives him loving that his body can't handle, but all he can say is, baby, it's good to me. One day he goes and takes a glimpse in the mirror, but he doesn't recognize his own face. His health is fading, and he doesn't know why. Three letters took him to his final resting place. Y'all don't hear me. And one, one more verse. Uh, I seen a rainbow yesterday with too many storms have come and gone, leaving a trace of not one God-given ray. Is it because my life is ten shades of gray? I pray all ten fade away. Seldom praise him for the sunny days. And like his promise is true, only my faith can undo. The many chances I blew to bring my life to anew. A clear blue and unconditional skies. Clear blue and unconditional skies have dried the tears from my eyes. No more lonely cries. My only bleeding hope is for the folk who can't cope with such an enduring pain that it keeps them in the pouring rain. Who's to blame for tootin' cane into your own vein? What a shame. You shoot and aim for someone else's brain. You claim the insane and name this day and time for falling prey to crime. I say the system's got you victim to your own mind. Dreams are hopeless aspirations and hopes of coming true. Believe in yourself. The rest is up to me and you. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. That's, as that's a, deep, dude. As a teenager, you're just like, ah! Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my God, it's such a kissy song. But like, now they're talking about some real shit in there. Like, I mean, hey, y'all is the same thing. Like, right. If yeah, the lyrics. If you just read those lyrics cold, it's like one of the most depressing songs ever written. But it's just encased in this jam, in this, in this like happy, happy time jam. Yeah, exactly. Like 
Shake It Like a Polaroid Picture did not belong in that. It could have not been in that song. It would still be one of the best songs ever, but like they just sent it over the edge. Um, I mean, that's what that's, I guess that's like going back to what we were saying before, how it's very important to like put yourself and like who you are into the music even more so than it is to record something that sounds impeccable and spotless like spotless or or with the most cutting edge gear or like all that shit yeah perfectionism um elitism sonic elitism all that shit materialism i I think it's more important if you were to like i wish i could have wrote verses like that (laughs) like that tlc song like damn i want to get that good like (laughs) i hear like andre 3000 rap about someone like oh my god dude like this dude is could write books. This guy could write like dissertations and live off of that. But yeah, he dude, just happens to be lectures. able to groove, you know. Right. And and when people can see who you really are in the music that you write, in the in in the ideas that you're trying to put across, that's more important than any microphone or a uh, sweet plugin or synth soft or hard synth you could put into anything yeah like and that's probably a pretty big uh coming of age shedding of bullshit to me um of of kind of stupid thinking like elitist materialist thinking on my behalf of being like well no i don't want to release this until it is you know mixed and mastered to the mixed and mastered to the gills and we got some of Carlos's fine VSTs on that thing, and you know it, it, it's I'm all properly gain staged, and you know, yeah. like like it's all like those are important things. Don't get me wrong, but like it, the person who is going to play that shit a million times to themselves is not looking for like, oh my god, he, I bet he used Omnisphere for that lead. Like yeah. nobody gives a shit. <laughs> I, I don't think I like. There was a time where I didn't give a shit about the lyrics or the message. I was just so enraptured in like sound design and and the production aspect of things that I just was like, who cares about what they're talking about? Like you could, you could just have them sound like, like they could speak, they could be speaking a different language. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. It's the music that speaks to me. But now I'm sort of rounding the corner and being like, well, no, the, uh, based on a few people that I've met and talked to, the message is incredibly important and like it's a it's a muscle that you have to develop over time the ability to write words in a short form that encapsulates so many different ideas into a five minute song right like that is that's skill on that is art and skill on the highest level. Art and skill, like storytelling. Joni Mitchell is probably undefeated, in my opinion, when it comes to oh, that. Oh, yeah. Like, she's written shit that I've cried to just because it's like, oh, my God. Like, you, you, she's not saying anything outright. There's a lot of insinuation in what she's saying. There's a lot of poetic language that has many, like, double entendre quadruple entendre type shit to it where it's like dude i feel like i'm looking into some sort of beautiful kaleidoscope of meaning Mm. as i'm listening to this song right now there's several moments for 
one that I can think of in particular, I don't remember the name, but it's uh, one of Chet Baker's songs where he actually sings. It, it, you're you're like listening to like an intimate moment from you know the the artist's soul, and Chet Baker is you know more known for you know being a blazing trailblazer on a trumpet, and so just kind of getting like a different uh, angle of what he is you know you know recording performing here is it was like one of those moments where it's just like you know this is almost like out of the ordinary i'm sure at a certain time period for certain musicians it was just like you know delving into using electronic instruments was like oh don't don't go there that's yeah what are you doing stick stick to this stuff yeah no for sure i'm sure it was it was scary to to make that shift and to feel like the um the warmth and humanness of it, it you, you might feel that it gets sucked away or something if mm-hmm. you were to give in but like herbie hancock made the yeah. made that bridge real smooth for everybody because like he implemented synths into his shit and it was still just as good still yeah. just as soulful you know and like that 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 argument loses its its validity or that stance loses its validity to me when you talk about like uh like Jay Dilla or like somebody like that who's using I, I think he does he did play actual instruments too like I, I think he could drum and I think he could play piano but he was so good at hearing potential in songs mm-hmm. and he had such a crazy wide variety of taste like i hear him sample frank zappa i hear him sample joni mitchell i hear him sample like punk bands and and like it's because he listened to all that music and and like i don't know if at a certain point he was like huh what if i put that like sex pistols guitar riff over this you know, backbeat that on a James Brown song. A tremendous collection of vinyl. Oh, there I, was, I can't imagine. Dude. There was the one uh, Erica Badu interview where, you know, I think he just told her, just, yeah, pick a record, any record, and just be, he, just the mastermind at work, just knows like what to do. Even if it's just like. It's like Doctor Strange. Almost like on the spot because you just don't know what you're going to be given into you. Uh, they do those on YouTube now. I think it's the Against the Clock. That's mm. that's one series. And then there's another one where, you know, the producer just picks like three random records blindfolded and then it's like, okay. Make something. Make something. Damn. <laughs> uh, but, yes. So you think it was a good uh, first episode of the Blank Sutra podcast, Carlos? Give me your opinion. Yeah. So the last, you know, going into this, this is being recorded on the thirtieth, <laughs> the thirtieth of December, twenty twenty two. Not to be cliche about the whole. Oh, what are you looking forward to, twenty twenty three? But one of the last things I wrote down in my notes was just like almost like in a very broad sense of like not giving a fuck in 2023. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What I mean by that Yeah, please is, elaborate. When I saw that I was like, hmm, what does he mean by this? <laughs> Probably for for myself, this is kind of like what I was reading like okay, so book books that I've actually read so far in this year would have to be essentialism. 
And that book, um, I should have brought it with me. Um, that book is almost like an in-between of kind of like what my mind is thinking about when it comes to just like, you know, personal relationships, uh, work relationships, and even just like me personally. Where do I find the importance of things? And how do I want to like, almost like constructively have my time and focus to be like invested in you know it's like i don't want to i know time is money i know that there are certain like networking opportunities and things that can be you know accomplished or taken to like the next level by by doing so but it's almost like strategically knowing where it should be spent in Mm -hmm. and i feel like since the pandemic i've witnessed that like away from music but like into just like personal relationships and stuff i've witnessed where it's like i i sort of like understand now closely where my focuses are in life where i actually prefer to spend my time doing doing stuff like this like this podcast is you know this is just the first episode but it's sort of just like well yeah i'd rather you know be heavenly involved and using my energies into things like this and you know just other activities that i that i see myself doing more so into the next year yeah. just now being you know again more more of the wiser than last year absolutely you know and i'm better sure you felt something like that coming from 2021 into 2022 and now yeah i mean yes essentialism is i i haven't i haven't read it yet admittedly but i plan to because carlos is a big fan and i i can imagine i mean i've been on sort of uh and this is not oprah's book club no but we will we will share a lot we, of we books can we can we can plug yeah we can plug music and books yeah we're gonna free we're gonna plug a lot um but i've been on somewhat of a uh uh spiritual reframing of my life and a lot of what you were just saying there uh is like kind of what i'm seeing too um and in in that you know you only get so much uh time and energy in a day and largely you are as you know the person listening or me or carlos we are um responsible for creating that time and making sure we have that energy through like correct diet correct sleep um correct uh spiritual practice if you've gotten there yet um maybe you know some people who listen probably won't go down that path but that's totally fine um i know i noticed for me that like certain practices that i've implemented have made it to where I can see myself as a a person that like life is happening through. Like I'm not living life, you know, I'm not separate from life. Like Mm -hmm. I'm something that life is living through. Yeah. And so your body. Yeah. And, and not to say that I have no like free will, um, and that's a big ass debate, well, but I mean, that's another episode. Yeah, that's, that's a whole nother episode. But like, um, not to say that I don't have agency, let's say free will is too big of a topic, but agency, um, in my own life 
to control that life force. I mean, everybody definitely does. But understanding in like a base principle that it is finite and that it should be nurtured and watched over. Um, there are certain things I'm just going to stop doing altogether come this next year and things that I plan to replace to fill that vacuum that is left behind by those things that were not wise to do. Mm. Um, and that's exciting. That's exciting to me because again, yeah, like to what you were saying, if we were to do this and the, the songs we're collaborating on, like the short form songs we're collaborating on and some other things like, altogether that's a means to like live a fruitful life Mm -hmm. and that's that's expression that is community building that is sending out a positive charge and to what you were saying about music where it's like why not just put it out because somebody's gonna hear it somebody's gonna feel it i feel that way about this and about like the video songs and about Mm -hmm. anything else we do it's just like somebody's gonna vibe with it and you don't need many people to vibe with it in order to give you more time and resources to do it more. Yeah. So why not just do it now? Yeah, that doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be the end all be all endorphin. No. To get you to do it. No, no, no. It's it's a it's a part in the puzzle. It's a part in the it's a part in the uh, collage. You know. Right. Um, but it's a good part. Like. Fucking an hour and a half has melted away like nobody's business. And we just got done filming some um, isolated playthroughs for the Whole Foods video, which will be out very soon. Check your uh, check your video services and Instagram and all that stuff is going to be up. Um, and this will be out too. So like walking in the assumption that the community is out there, that the people are out there that will find this and feel this they'll bop to it and they'll bop to it listen to it while they're at work or at the gym absolutely if you're listening to us while you're at the gym kudos congratulations brother i'll be right there i'll be right there with you (laughs) or sister i'll be right there with you don't don't get me wrong um just keep on that treadmill keep on that treadmill hey add five pounds a day see what happens um but or even if you're at work listening to this it's like yeah, I think that's the big thing or the the big takeoff from here is that what we just spoke about with music, church, uh, just like building out your, you know, your esteem and like your habits. Um, you can listen to us as like creators and you can also use this into your own daily life. Yeah. Is how the, the, hopes. the self-title of Blank Sutra. Yeah, the Blank Sutra. Uh named to connote a sense of um spiritual connectedness but with no real um disciplined dogmatic view Mm -hmm. there are many sutras you know and this could be like the apex twin sutra this (laughs) this episode could be like the uh 
anything we talked about sutra but we're just like we're spitting and we're getting it the new year sutra if you will new year sutra boom episode title in the moment professionals that's why they pay us the big bucks yeah um but yeah i falling into your strength is a big thing and strength doesn't always mean force and uh combativeness i think strength also lies in the ease and the enjoyment of what you do right on so like if we enjoy doing this and it becomes easier over time especially me learning davinci resolve they do not sponsor this podcast but i'm using their 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 editing software if me learning that getting better and better and better and better at that that is encouraging in in its own right that's empowering in its own right that's a skill developed in, in its own right so i think that's strength yeah those are the little wins that you can take with you oh dude yeah side note it was exhilarating to get like those few edits like good and like see it played back and i was like oh 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 snap dude i'm getting it like it, it kind of reverted me back to when i was first using fl studio and made something that didn't sound like shit yeah like i made something that sounded good and i was like oh wait a minute you got this camp keep going you know <laughs> like talking to myself so it's cool to to relive that again but just through a different art form and uh by using an art form that i've been using for a fucking while now we've both been using for a while now right yeah um and for anyone that's listening you know you each have like an art form a skill set something that you kind of want to start like attaining yourself you can call it a New Year's resolution, or you cannot call it a New Year's resolution. It, it it's always a new turn of the wheel mm-hmm. that you're you know involving yourself in into this existence. Yeah, one of my uh, favorite quotes to shout out another podcast from uh, Jocko Willink is when he said, um, "You know, Rome wasn't built in a day." But it also didn't fall apart in a day either. Yeah. So like you're either, and I mean this is so fatalistic and kind of dogmatic sounding, but you you either build or you destroy. And every day is a choice as to which one you're doing. And uh, you know, a bit <laughs> a big quote, personal note uh for me was remember the game bioshock yeah remember um when you uh because you got that that irish dude talking in your head the whole time and he's like we gotta we gotta kill andrew ryan we've got to you know go after this guy he's like fucking walt disney world and hitler and one dude and you get up to the big bad guy that's been perceived for the whole game and it turns out that the dude in your ear that's been talking to you, the Irish guy, has been programming you with like MK Ultra turns of phrase. Like he uses the term, he uses the phrase "Would you ra- would you kindly," the whole game hmm. up to that point. And any times he says "Would you kindly," like kill that guy. Would you kindly go to da 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 da? You don't think of it. You just think of that's like the way he talks. But like the dude Andrew Ryan, who's the big bad guy, like makes this known to you that you've been programmed yeah and he says um the whole common thread throughout his speech before he ultimately has you kill him purposefully is uh he says a man chooses 
and a slave obeys. And it's like, damn. Like, it's like the Stanley parable almost. Yeah, like am I choosing right now or am I obeying right now? This is a question you can ask yourself every every you damn day, every damn second of every damn day, you know what I'm saying? And if you're about to go to sleep while listening to this, take what Cameron just said into your lucid dreams. Take it there and, uh, you know, be kind to yourself. Be good to yourself and don't uh, beat yourself up for anything because it's all just grist for the mill. And it'll all work itself out, but you should be pointed towards progress because any other direction is not progress. <laughs> that that started out pretty <laughs> slick and profound and it ended kind of shitty, but you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Choose your Lego bricks at will cause or something like that. Anyways, that is it for our premiere episode. Thank you for listening. And this has been the Blank Suture with Cameron Dorsey and Carlos Reyes, your two favorite music spirit nerds. Um, we love you and we thank you very much. Peace be with you. Bye-bye.